welcome back to another episode of the podcast of the Spirit Channel and this podcast is a different one because for today I have a very special guest on and um, this is a woman who is very near and dear to me and um, this woman I look up to respect and has helped me quite along in my own journey and um, developing my abilities and giving me the confidence to to reach out and do things like this here um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Pat James. Um, I'll just give you a quick bio. Pat is heavily involved with an organization called the Spiritualist Nationalist Union. Um, Pat can count on her abilities um, as being a very good healer, a medium and psychic, and has also um, studied and utilized trance as well. Uh, I know Pat also does creative writing and she uh, will also tell you that she does a number of other things when she gets an opportunity. Um, so let's conduct this little interview and let's get a bit, little bit about Pat. Pat, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It is an absolute pleasure and an absolute honour. And I'm thrilled that you are the first guest that I've had on this podcast. So you're very, very welcome. Thank you for inviting me to do this. Um, uh, you obviously have a higher opinion of me than I have of myself. So, and I'm delighted that I have helped you on your way. Really, absolutely, absolutely, it goes without saying. And I know that uh, I know I'm not the only one. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be so modest. Um, I guess we talk about this quite a lot is that we never really see the value of ourselves it's, it's others who see the value and i guess this is one of the things that i that i'm trying to change when doing this podcast is to get people to realize the value of themselves and um, but i i think that uh, you've had a fascinating life and i think that you've had a fascinating story and um, i know it always hasn't been a, a a picnic basket or a garden of roses but as I've talked a lot on this podcast about um, how trauma really shapes us and helps us develop spiritually. And I know that, um, uh, that this, is, this has been true very much in your life and has potentially led you to the person that, that you are now, a very charismatic, caring person um, and who's widely revered and widely regarded as a, as a mother figure to aspiring spiritualists. But if you don't mind, um, I'd like to start perhaps with, uh, with with your early life, and you you can talk about anything you want. But I'm interested as to you know growing up, um, where you grew grew up. What was uh, what was it like? You know, at that time period when you grew up, what what year would it would it have been that you would have been growing up as a child? Um, where where was it that you grew up? Just a, just as the beginning, you know, just your early childhood, if you don't mind. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I was born in 1945, September 1945, at the end of the first world, first, the second world war. <laughs> so, sorry, a bit nervous here. Um, so, I was brought up, therefore, mainly in the 50s. Okay. I um I believe and was often told that I was a mistake. You know, I was a product of um, a mistake. I wasn't meant to be here. Okay. And I think that had a big influence on how I felt about myself. 
and for for many years maybe still maybe still just what happens to us when we're very small can um, absolutely absolutely influence us in so many ways and it's only when you're older that you actually realize what has happened so i was brought up in the 50s in north belfast in a place called clifton drive you know mm-hmm. um my father had uh, a grocery shop on the Shanker Road <laughs> and my mother came from East Belfast so it was always thought to be in those days a mixed marriage <laughs> but um, Sorry, my, this is because of um, Because the of the different parts of Belfast nothing to do with religion All right. My father was um, there was a bit of uh, well, I was brought up as a Protestant, let's say, but uh, my father didn't believe in God at all. My mother was quite against um, religion. Um, I can't think of the word, but I was... Prejudiced? Uh, yeah, but she was more... Um, she would have been very spiritual and would have been brought up by her grandmother mm-hmm. who would have been into spiritualism and things like that and so she had that aspect to her life although my father's parents wanted us to be brought up as Presbyterians so that's the church that we went to and uh, regularly for social events as much as anything else because that's what happened in the days before TV, etc. <laughs> if anybody can believe there were days before yeah. that. Um, so I had a difficult childhood in many ways. My father was alcoholic, very alcoholic and very abusive man. So it was quite scary in our house at times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, my mum had a great attitude to it, you know, and she tried always to make the best of things. I also had a brother with a disability. So uh, we learned a lot as children to look after each other and to just appreciate a lot that we had in life, really. Okay, lovely. Very, very interesting. Um, um, obviously, this would have been in, in war-torn Belfast at the height of uh, the sectarian the sectarian war. Um, so I can imagine how very difficult it must have been for you growing up in, in these times. Um, but you also mentioned that uh, your mother was, was very spiritual and, and her parents were, were very spiritual. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, uh, what effect that this would have had on you, you know, um, in, in these uh, very uh, church, I guess, um, dominated times when, when all this kind of uh, war and conflict w- was going on? Was this something that um, would have been open to, to talk about, would have been open to discuss and perhaps practice, and, you know, would this, would this have um, played a part in your life? Um, well, actually, it wasn't talked about openly at all. As a fairly young child, I would have seen spirit um, and 
my mum was very accepting of it, but told me not to tell anybody because people would make fun of me. And I also saw fairies and things like that, you know, and I couldn't understand why everybody didn't see these things at the time. But once again, she was very willing to believe me, and I'm thankful for that. But I wouldn't have told anybody else. Okay. I just didn't tell anybody about these things yeah. in those days. As um, she would have brought me to a spiritualist church in Rosemary Street in Belfast when I was quite young. I don't remember the age. And she would have brought me there for healing because I always had problems with my eyes and I also my brother would have gone with us he was in a wheelchair and I would have helped her look after him from a very early age so uh, that was my first impression of spiritualism although I knew nothing about it I have to say mm -hmm. I knew nothing mm -hmm. about it but I always felt an urge to help other people and to heal so whether I learned that naturally or whether my mum taught me that I don't know or I didn't know okay. but I would have my brother had a lot of fits and I would have been the one to sit and calm him down and talk to him and that is where I believe I learned about natural healing you know just by actually just being gentle with people and just putting your hands on them wherever you felt they needed it. And okay. that's how I learned about I wasn't really brought up in a very, it wasn't the real troubles, which didn't start until 1969. Um, in the 50s, there was a lot of, um, I was brought up probably as a loyalist Protestant, but I hated all the band thing. He hated all of that aspect of things, but it was very much part of our life. Okay, just for the, just for the listener, just um, the loyalists obviously would have been um, associated with the the, the Protestant end yes, of Christianity, yes. whereas the the nationalist end of it would have been associated with the Catholic yes. end of Christianity. There's yes. a large conflict which has only kind of abated in the, the past few decades in in Northern Ireland um, between. Uh, Protestant um, uh, people who identify um, as, as Protestants um, who would have been tentatively loyal to um, Great Britain and the mainly Catholic nationalist end of the community who would have had sympathies and loyalties in general to the Republic of Ireland. Um, obviously Northern Ireland was part of the Ireland, island of Ireland but um, was also still part of uh, the United Kingdom, so it was a very sort of fractious um, community and, and uh, time to, to live in. Just was clarifying that for our reader. Um, you, just one point I wanted to touch upon there is that you can mention that your grandmother was also spiritualist. Would she have had a, was this where your mother would have got it from? Yes, um, it was actually my great grandmother. My my grandmother died when she was 36 so i have no memory of of her at all she died at the end of the first world war from a thing called sleepy sickness you know so uh so my mom was brought up by her her grandmother 
and she was a healer in East Belfast and she was also a medium and my mum for many years sat in circles in her house, you know, so, but I don't know very much about that because she told me not long before she died when she realised that I was interested in it at that stage, you know. Before that, um, I wasn't real. After a certain age, just um, I wasn't didn't know anything about spiritualism really, except for going to church for the healing services mm -hmm. in the church. Uh, I think um, that you, you obviously you went to the healing services in the church, but um, seems to me from, from what you were saying there that you seem to have a natural ability to heal um, with, with learning to, to heal your, your brother of his and soothe his ailments and his um, his mood divine mm -hmm. correctly there yeah. so it seems to me that you were largely self-taught in that area um, especially as you say there was uh, no world that, that taught this and certainly at your age back then um, you had no concept of this other than perhaps maybe what your mother had turned around and told you but it seemed to me that uh, it just come naturally to you and you were kind of self-taught in this. Well I believe that everyone is a healer and can do healing you know for me it was intuitive I would say and because um, I think if we all had that willingness to help others, I think anyone can be a healer, you know, and you don't really need to be taught. Obviously, in the day and age that we're living in now, uh, they need rules and regulations to regulate for health, safety, etc., all sorts of reasons. We live in a litigious society, you know, where um, you can be blamed for anything, you know, so no matter what your intentions, yeah. either right or wrong. Absolutely. And so I'd like to fast forward then a little bit, you know, to, to, to the maybe the next relevant part of, of your life or perhaps, you know, maybe the next um, uh, thing that you can pinpoint would have been an opening up of your of your spiritualism or your spiritual abilities or perhaps just something that you feel was is of relevance you know in your life a marker if you like I guess that's kind of what yes. I'm looking for markers you know so is, it, is there another point in your life where you can say that things sort of continued or um, at another point in your life where maybe things really deteriorated or that you perhaps opened up in, in, in some regard, you know, maybe when you were a bit older. Okay, well, when my when my brother died in 1966, um, he had in a flu epidemic. They, they didn't have lockdowns then. People just died. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but he died with many others. And um, I then went off to live in London on my own because, well, that was to get away from a diff very difficult household. Um, what age were you then? I was 22. Okay. I was 22. And this was what year? Uh, 1967. Okay. I got a job in London. Uh, I didn't actually get a job. I went over to London. And I 
just went into a job centre and got a job the next day, you know. And um, so I stayed in London and the south southeast of England for many years and returned to Northern Ireland in in the seventies when my mum was actually put out of her house, you know, during the troubles again. And so I came back to help her out. Um, and then fast forward a little bit to uh, 19, the year 2000, 1999-2000 when is when I became involved in SNU spiritualism as it happens. My brother-in-law, age 42, uh, passed away of a heart attack and my sister-in-law came to me and asked me if I would go to the spiritualist church with her. And I gladly went and remember clearly my first night in the spiritualist church when I sat down in the back row and my mum sat down beside me even though she had died some years okay. earlier. So you put her spirit was manifested beside you? So clearly that it felt as if there was actually someone sitting beside me. And, and you knew this was your mother? So. And I knew it was my mother and she said, I'm so glad to see you. This is where you're meant to be. And, um, but I couldn't share that with anyone because I didn't want people to think that I was being better than anybody else. So I then started to go to the church regularly and then I went to the awareness class. Which is, could you just explain what the awareness class the is? The awareness class is a development class for actually developing your uh, psychic and mediumistic abilities. Although I didn't really go for that reason because at the time I just thought I wanted to know about me, really. I went to the healing service every Thursday night because that helped me in my life. I was in a really crazy busy job and I had three three children uh, and a foster child as well at the time. So my life was crazy mad, but I loved going just to get out of the house and to get some healing and it really, really helped me so much. Do you mind if I just interject, interject there and just perhaps explain for the listeners who don't understand you know, the benefits or what exactly transpires during during a healing session or multiple healing sessions? Can you maybe perhaps describe you know, what, what effect did it had on you? You know, what way did you perhaps go in and leave? What, what multiple healing sessions? What, what benefits did you feel that you received from it? Perhaps on a physical, emotional, spiritual level? Probably um, the, the best way of describing it is that I went in feeling very uh, agitated, overwhelmed with life, with work, um, with a husband who's drinking and just 
generally very stressed out and I, a healer would have come along and spoken to me and we talked a little bit about um, what was going on in our lives but not too much because really spiritual healing is really the healer connecting with the spirit world uh, and a healing guide using channeling their energy through the healer to the patient so they like to give as much energy as possible obviously because that's where the healing is coming from mm-hmm. so the healer uh, puts their put their hand on my shoulders normally or or my back and just channeled that spiritual healing through to me and I just felt so calm afterwards that I would recommend it to anyone really and just the whole atmosphere of being in the church in a very safe calm place with nice people like-minded people who understood you and that's probably a big part of it as well so would you say you know i'm just trying to, to clarify but this this healing sensation this 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 way feeling of well-being that, that seems to come over you I'm, I'm assuming that it's a it's a different type of um feeling and it works on a, a deeper level than perhaps uh like mood stabilizers or or um tablets that are prescribed today by by modern doctors just try and you know uh create that sense of um, calmness or, or happiness within a person or to, to lift them out of depression. Would you, obviously you are going to say, but perhaps you could talk maybe perhaps a little bit about that. You know, it obviously works on a different level than just uh, perhaps physical or, you know, changing brain neurons or perhaps, you know, maybe changing thought patterns. Well, I believe that... Um... The spirit that our own spirit within ourselves knows exactly where we need healing and the spirit world and uh, connects with your spirit and sends that healing wherever it is needed and probably for me um, that healing would have been felt in on a, an emotional level and um, on the energy of that as I I work with EFT as well, which is emotional freedom technique. Mm-hmm. And that would tell us that all of our physical pain is manifests itself from uh, blockages in the body's energy system. So I believe that uh, the spiritual healing um, works in, the sim- in a similar way by unblocking those blockages and helping in every aspect of yourself, physical and mental, emotional and spiritual. And I can't underestimate the spiritual side of it because it helped me to start on my journey of self-awareness, which is the biggest thing that I can say i've developed in my life you know is mm-hmm. really that awareness and i can't stress it enough to anyone 
It's not really about learning to be a medium or a psychic or anything. So that healing helped me on that journey of finding who I am. Okay. And that's really most important. Yeah, brilliant. Um, let's just, just continue on because I know we got just a little sidetrack. I just wanted to um, perhaps help people. You know, just understand, you know, how healing works and what you would expect to feel out of it. And um, so that, let's just continue on. So you are attending this uh, this church, this SNU church, um, the Spiritualist Nationalist Union um, umbrella. Uh, you're going to the awareness class um, to, to help understand, you know, the experiences, the spiritual um phenomenon that is manifesting within your life and you're going obviously every Thursday night to receive this healing which which is vital and, and is help helping you um, move forward in your journey and um, so then what, what point then would you say perhaps um, would maybe maybe be the next kind of milestone in your life you know because like we were talking there about kind of the end you know the end goal but Kind of want to leave that wee bit to, to the last and trying to get a sense of you know of, of from from then to now so what would you say then or is there a next perhaps marker that um that you can associate that you can say well I, I, this was the next level of progression or this was the next you know stage of my journey and my and my spiritual development from from that time period um apart from being invited to join in circles and training to be a medium by going to many, many workshops. And I became interested in trance mediumship and that helped me a lot personally with my own self and I would still use it just to make that connection within my own soul, I would say, okay. to develop with my higher, my higher self, really, which to me is so, so important, you know, in order, order to connect with the spirit world as well. I became interested in trance. I then um, became, the, I was then invited to help teaching, you know, a circle and then the awareness class would have been that's about 11 years ago now i started taking the awareness class and um have been doing that ever since and i just love to see people come in to the class and become aware of themselves and be it, be given that facility to open up to who they are really and then to develop whatever skills um, I then was invited to become the president of the Belfast Spiritualist Church and that was a major major um, part of my journey as well because I'm not a very confident person um, but I have the administrative skills to do things so as well as the really caring about people is my main thing in life. Um, 
So I wanted a church that was run on a loving basis, really, mm -hmm. because everything to me is about love. Everything spiritual is about love. And that is just, I just wish we could all show that love that is within all of us. And that was a major, major part of my journey, of myself, and perhaps for the church as well. Would, would you would you mind perhaps um, giving us a bit of insight into to, to what criteria you know would be looked for or would be um, desirable for someone to take this obviously very um, respectable and honoured um, position of, of being president of uh, of an entire church. Um. Or why do you think that? Um, perhaps let me rephrase that. Why do you think that? Um, why do you think that you were you were asked to take on this role? Probably um, for practical reasons as well as other reasons. I am a, I am a, an accountant, a charity accountant, trained charity accountant. So I have the ability and the knowledge to um, run uh, departments <laughs> I had in my work life. I ran um, a finance department. So that's a pretty important part of the spiritualist movement because all of the people who work in the spiritual, um, people, the president of the church and all of the officers, etc., do not receive any money. So um, the whole money side of it, which isn't talked about a lot, is pretty important because we need enough to keep the church open, to keep it heated, to keep it warm. And that's, and after that, we can look after the people if we have the place to look after them, the space. So... Um, How would you have... Um may sound like a silly question, but you know, you've mentioned that you obviously need money coming in, you know, to um to the funds for the church in order to keep it obviously operational and, and heating and stuff like that. And then obviously that would be through donations from just like a, an ordinary church through um through donations during the, the Sunday services or anything else that perhaps um that perhaps you can do or that you would have done or that that is normally done in the confines of a church to um, to generate money um, to, to, to for, for funds? Well, probably the main source of our income would be in the classes, but more so in inviting mediums to come over from many places you know, to, for workshops, to give workshops, to give demonstrations, to give private readings to people in the church. And that's how we would generate most of our money, really. And um, we do we do have to have money to keep the church doors open, you know. So, um, but I hate the emphasis on the money within the church because to me, the pastoral care of the people would be very important. 
and also the ability to get all of our people to work together as one, to get the right people to do the right jobs within the church, the teachers, the circle leaders, the healers, just to make sure. Um, and I probably would do a lot of this intuitively just from my life's experiences of people because I've done a lot of mm -hmm. people management in my life, really. Yeah. Um, you obviously mentioned, you know, the, the, the reasons why that you believe that, you know, you were asked to, to become the, the president of the, of the entire church, um, for your administrative skills, but obviously the fact that, you know, that you were, um, there for a long time and you obviously had a very spiritual side to you too. So I would assume that, you know, these two things combined would have made you a very, very good candidate for that particular time. Um, was probably very much needed at the time, not only your administrative skills, but also your, um, your your spiritual abilities, which allowed you to connect and obviously identify with with uh, all of the members there. Um, not only were you um, kind of an administrative or an accountant type of figure, but you were also perhaps one of one of their own. You know, as in you were someone who had. You know, spiritual abilities and could understand that side of it and determine what was needed to you know to um to help people and um through the awareness and to obviously offer counseling and um healing services uh, one other fact that i that i'm trying to, to build on here is that um, i'm trying to find out um because i know this because i know you is that you were also not only uh the church president but you were also the healing group leader as well. You were responsible for all the healers. So where, what place or what time did this take place? Did this happen after you were invited to the presidency? It wasn't before then or? Uh, I was actually the healing group leader some, some, some time before I became president. I was the healing group leader not long after I actually became an approved healer because the previous healing leader left. And um, I, I think the important bit about the healing is to um, know who, who is genuinely wanting to be a healer. And I think that's an important part of the healing group leader and also in tandem with the president because it is the committee of the church who decides these things and um, I would I would intuitively know when people are healers I don't know why I know I just know that probably through the awareness class I would know who are healers and who are not healers, you know, yeah. and I just know, and I don't know why I know, I just know. So you, you say, um, obviously, um, people come into to the awareness class, perhaps completely new to spiritualism or perhaps with some sort of foundation in spiritualism, um, but they're certainly not uh, qualified psychics or mediums or, or healers, but, you know, just for the, the exercises that um, you uh, would put on through the awareness to help people understand their 
their, their spiritual abilities, that you would be able to identify um, someone who, who would make a good, good candidate for a healer or who had that latent healing ability within them through perhaps maybe a healing exercise. Is that correct? Yes, that, 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 would, be, that would be correct. People come to the awareness class for many different reasons. I mean, some people only want to be mediums and psychics. But there are others who come just to be part of um, the spiritualist church and who have maybe been to healing and have been recommended, you know, to um, develop themselves that wee bit more through the awareness class. Because the awareness class is a place where people, as I said earlier, can come in and be themselves and after they've been there for a while open up a little bit and maybe show that healing side um, of themselves they've maybe done reiki or shown an interest in it you know and um, just through the exercises they just know well i i would know if people are healers and then they would often approach, you know, approach me or, well, as the church president, but as the awareness class leader about the healing. And then they would, but because I also was the healing group leader, I would have known who they were, you know. Yeah. So that's a bit roundabout. So no, I... no, it's absolutely fine. It, it, it certainly sounds like um, you had a lot of hats that were um, there. You, you must have had so much responsibility and so much, um, not really administrative um, chores, but quite a lot of uh, personal, perhaps, chores, I would imagine, perhaps like, you know, having to look after people and assign people and you know get people into the right places and, and, and deal with well, I can only imagine everything that goes on. I just, I, I just wonder, you know, where on earth did you find the time to deal with all this? Did, did it ever become confusing? You know, trying to juggle these different hats. Um, what was it? Um, did it ever feel like too much? Um, did you ever feel that perhaps too much was asked off you? Um, you know, or, or was it just completely, absolutely fine and done? You know. Obviously, it was done out of love, but you know, I'm just trying to, to find out, you know, how how much of an impact that this would have had on on your life. You know, having all this responsibility um, upon your shoulders. Well, it was it was difficult at times. Um, I am terribly super conscientious person, and I would always want to do everything as well as I can. Um, I did find it very overwhelming at times. And the hardest part for me was were the people problems. <laughs> I have to say, I, I hate to say that in a spiritualist church, but people have expectations of themselves and of others that are maybe not always realistic. And um, maybe I just didn't know how to deal with them. Or I know that I am very sensitive, so I would be emotional and sensitive, and I'm not quite sure that I know how to say no to people. <laughs> uh, I'm learning, 
but it has it did become very overwhelming um for reasons most mostly to do with people management and also the practical side of it but mostly when covid lockdown came last year um the church closed and i was the only one well a couple of others came along eventually who seemed to even show an interest in the church um but i because of the uh, geography of it, I was able to walk around every day during lockdowns and just make sure, or every other day, just to make sure everything was okay and just make, just to keep the church taken over. But it, it, it did eventually become too much for me because my husband got ill and um, my daughter had babies and <laughs> practical things like that. So I then had to split myself into many places and yes, it did become difficult at times. And I have to say that people didn't always pull their weight. Um, but I was never afraid of the whole COVID thing, you see, because I just know that when my time's up on this earth, my time is up. So I was never really afraid of COVID or, or anything yeah. in a way that many people are. So I do appreciate that fear. Yeah, I think it um, obviously it had a big impact on the whole church, really, and yeah. still does. I think it uh, probably being a healer perhaps affords you with with, with some um, some confidence. You know that yes. you will potentially be able to look after yes. yourself but I, I also know as well just um that you're someone who is into their natural health you mentioned that earlier as well yes. um that someone who's, who's looked after themselves and takes the right um supplements and and, and uh foods um i'm just kind of wondering how that would have came about or what was your interest or where that all came from well where that came from probably was probably my husband my present husband he is he was vegetarian from the day and hour he was born um and very into healthy foods um when we got married in 1978 i uh i don't know how to put this i give up eating meat and things like that just to um and i went on to a plant-based that mostly you know add some dairy products and things like that but i'm allergic to dairy products so i don't eat much in the way of dairy products but i also am very keen on not exercise in the gym but in walking and i just love being out in nature and we walked a lot in the moor mountains and in Northern Ireland, if you haven't been there, it's glorious. And I just, that would have been my weekends, most weekends would have been walking in the mountains or the beaches around Northern Ireland. It is a beautiful place to live, I have to say, and we're just so lucky. I also live beside the river in Belfast and South Belfast. So I'm so lucky to live where I live. It is a lovely, lovely place to live. And I would be out of doors as much as I can. 
because I just love to be in tune with nature. Mm -hmm. It's just heaven for me. So. Okay. Uh, so what point then did um, you decided that uh, there was all getting too much, it was too much responsibility? Um, you must have then made a choice that uh, with family life, you know, beginning to um, become um, more, I would say more important, but uh, obviously a lot of challenges and a lot of more responsibility with family life. So uh, you, um, I assume that you, you made the choice to, to shed some of the responsibilities that you had. Um, can you talk perhaps a little bit about that? I think that um, during COVID, we all had extra time in our hands, as it were, and I did quite a lot of uh, soul searching uh, for want of a better word, and um, personal uh, development, sort of another word would be self-realization, realizing that maybe it was time, I took time out for me, a bit more time for me, and so I decided at the beginning of this year, uh, 2021, when I knew that the president's position was to finish and I would have to be re-elected um, for two years. And I decided that I, had, I would make a decision. And I made this decision at the end of 2020 uh, that I was not going to stand up for re-election in February. If I, if I could help it, because I just had had, I just needed time for me more than anything. And I just needed time, quiet time, so that I could do some more reading on my own, etc. I just don't have time to do anything. So we sought a new candidate. Unfortunately, because of COVID, that the AGM was postponed until the end of June, but at that stage, I definitely had made the decision that I wasn't going to go forward as president. We did have a problem getting someone, but um, I am the treasurer, which is quite a big job still, but um, it just doesn't have the same responsibilities. Okay, um, so did you continue then on with um being the, the awareness group leader and the healing group leader then? I continued as the awareness group leader, but I also decided that it was time for someone else to be the healing group leader. I'm not getting any younger, as I said earlier. I was born in 1945, and I, uh, it's just time for me. But I, I'm not the sort of person who will ever be sitting in a chair and knitting or anything like that. I'm an outdoors person and I just love to learn. I just continue to learn, go to all the workshops there are, if I can, and do quite a lot of work on the computer online learning. And I continue because there's just so much I don't know. So much I don't yeah. know. Is there anything that um, that you've found that now that you have the time that perhaps old interests or hobbies or uh, maybe sort of um, 
uh, abilities that you, you didn't really have the time to expand upon that perhaps that you've maybe had the time to, to, to look back on and sort of, um, you know, revisit? Well, um, uh, yes, I suppose so. I, I have, during COVID and the lockdown, I revisited or took up all my craft things. I would be quite a um, creative person and I I do all the old-fashioned things like knitting, crochet, all of that sort of thing, sewing, you name it. Pat can do it, you know. So <laughs> I just am a very um, self-sufficient type of person. I also do gardening if I can um, and if I'm able to. Um, I spend more time doing computer things and uh, just generally, um, I've just got into learning more about the whole world and because I never thought I belonged in this world. <laughs> And I've done a lot of soul searching. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of wondering, perhaps, um, was there maybe potentially, that's obviously your interest and your hobbies, but was there, I'm trying to get out, was there maybe any potential, maybe spiritual or what they would call right. ESP type of abilities, you know, that you found that, because um, you, you did mention that uh, you've done EFT. Are you still to continue to? I'm just kind of I, wondering, is there anything else? Well, I I do quite a lot of, um, I do, or I've always done quite a lot of writing and journaling. It's always been part, I, when I was president of the church, I found that I really didn't have time to journal and write. And I do uh, trans, I used to do automatic writing at one stage and it, I then did inspirational writing and I've recently started to do that again when I get a chance. Would you, mind, really, sorry, would you mind telling us the difference between automatic and inspirational writing? Well, automatic writing was writing that came directly using the hands of spirit, you know, and it was quite a squiggle at one stage, you know, and um, you couldn't really make out what it said and it just trans you know it just improved as my connection with the spirit world through trance improved um but with the guidance of some some of the tutors in the Arthur Finley College they recommended that I do um inspirational writing from spirit and I did that a bit but I never really had time sit in the silence because a lot of this time I was also working full time you know as well as being a mother and with children at universities and things like that so I don't know where I find the time to do the things I did so I'm trying to do some writing now and I would be quite um, interested in all of the different dimensions and some past life regression and uh, find more things about myself that I suspected uh, about past lives and different 
and being part of another dimension. And um, I just find the whole thing amazing, fascinating, and there's just so, so much that I don't know. And I just don't even know where to start sometimes. And the biggest problem, of course, is having people that you can share all of this with. Absolutely, absolutely. So just as a, as a final uh, caveat, I don't know where that word comes from. Don't even know if it fits into this, but sure, we'll use it anyway. It, to sum up your experiences and your life experiences, is there anything you know that you'd like to share, any maybe piece of inspiration or, or piece of advice that you feel that you know, could be beneficial to either someone going through similar experiences such as yourself or any aspiring spiritualist out there who, who perhaps you know doesn't quite know where to start or, or what to make of it all is there anything perhaps that maybe you could offer along those lines based on, based on the experiences that either you've had in your life or based on the experiences that you've had um with, with all the different roles and you know seeing so many people and um, come through the doors and being new to this probably my best advice tonight is for people to take the time to go within themselves and just to take the time to meditate or sit in the silence and discover who they are because I think that is the one thing that you really, really, really need to have a peaceful life and to work for spirit in order to really work with the spirit world you really need to know your own spirit and you really need to take the chance, the opportunity and the time to find out about things like energy and th things that I was never told, you know, at the time I was developing that I just had to find out for myself. I would advise anyone to sit and feel that energy of spirit to take the opportunity just to be with themselves more than I ever was able to be if they can and just to take the time out of their busy lives to sit with themselves and just find out who you are and just be that is just the one thing I would recommend to anybody Try not to worry what other people think about you because it's a very competitive life out there. And um, try not to worry about money and things like that because you know what? Money is nothing when it comes to the end of your life, you know. And um, the simpler you can live your life, um, the better, in my opinion. And just to get out into nature and be at one with the universe and all that is Absolutely. is what I would advise to anybody too many people um, worry too much about what other people are thinking about them and um, it can destroy you so mm -hmm. that's it no absolutely thank you so much and just as a final a final perhaps thought um, it's we're, we're reaching the end of 2021 and obviously um, 
there, there does seem to be a lot of problems in the world. Um, where do you see 2022 and beyond, just on, on your own intuition, on your own perhaps guidance, perhaps any words of wisdom that you've, you've received from, from those in the, the, in the higher in the higher dimensions and spiritual realms? Where do, where do you see us heading then? Um, do you think we're going to come out of the other end of this? Um, or dare I say, do you, do you think that perhaps um, there's more that needs to come, you know, to, to help this, this, this planet? Just your own thoughts. Um, no, that's a hard one. I personally feel that there's still a lot of dis-ease within the world, uh, for want of a better word. And I feel the energies are just um, all over the place, is how I put it at the moment. I can feel it. I can feel it on buses. I can feel it in shops, I can feel it in our church at times and I just find, feel that people really, really need to calm down and just be at peace and stop being so fearful about all the scaremongering that's going on. I think the one thing I would say is if people could be at peace with themselves, it would help so much. And just to know that you're all healers and you have so much power within your own soul that you, that you, each one of us are the answer to helping this world heal. And that's probably the best thing I can say. Just be at peace. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Well, we come to the end of this very, very special episode and I'd like to thank my beautiful and dear, dear, dear friend, um, and my mentor, my mother figure, um, the incredible Pat James. I hope you've enjoyed listening to her as I've enjoyed listening to her. I hope you get a sense of how dear and important that she is to me. Um, and I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in, for listening in once again. I hope you've found this episode to be as interesting as I have. And I think... With that, we'll leave it there. And I hope to see you in the new year and beyond. And so thanks once again. This is Anna signing out. All the very best. And I wish you an incredible new year.